What is up, everybody? Welcome to this Trainwreck Sports Podcast, where we are here to pay the bills. It's Miami week, and we've got a loaded podcast, so I'm going to get right into it. We've got Mike Partham. You know he's been all over Trainwreck Sports, and he is here to talk some <laughs> Buffalo Bills today. And one of our recurring guests, one of our favorite guests, definitely the best beard we have on the podcast networks, that's for sure. Uh, Kyle from Circle to Wagons. Go follow him. Uh, on Twitter and Instagram. He's been killing it all over the place. Guys, let's get right into it because we know what we're here for. I mean, we not even like not even this week, everybody's been getting ready. Like this game, since the schedule came out, we everybody looked at the three games. It's like, okay, we got Monday night. We know that's gonna be big. But really, like Miami, that first matchup with Miami, we're looking forward to. And I feel like even with the way week one has gone, now both of these teams like very much feel like at the top of their powers heading into what is a heavyweight fight so we're just gonna get the vibe check i'll start with you mike how we feeling it's thursday night 704 eastern time how do you feel ahead of uh ahead of sunday at one i recall last year when we were heading into week three matchup and dolphins fans were just feeling themselves and just talking so much stuff I, this is my first time on the show i don't know what the uh, language requirements are here anything okay let it let it fucking let it fly. fly mike I'll, I'll try to be a little restrained in the name of you know uh, the kids that are watching all six all six of them what i just feel like we just the winner of this game if the if the dolphins win they're well on their way to winning the division if we win this game then it's going to be a boat race until the very end and if the Dolphins win, I mean, the fans are already insufferable as it is. They were insufferable last year. I recall last year, there must have been at least five or six different ways that that game could have gone. Five or six different plays. You remember the classic Steve Tasker line from Four Falls of Buffalo. If that play would have been different, we would have been. There's every game, there's one play like that. Last yeah. year, I felt like there was five or six of those plays. And, of course, I'm sure they were saying the same thing about the game in Buffalo later that year. And, of course... Both teams had excuses, whether it was injuries on offense or defense or the unbearable heat, the weather conditions, whether they were cold or hot. Now we're getting up. Now, now it's flipped. Now we're getting a perfect summer, a post summer, sure. early fall day in Buffalo for a change. Uh, so I don't think feel like there's going to be that many excuses from an injury standpoint, a weather standpoint, and we're getting both teams coming in at their very best. Also, it should be noted, and we I was chatting with you about this before we went on. Uh, sure. It doesn't feel like the Dolphins have played anybody world beating, but then again, neither have we. And we kind of, we kind of stumbled against the Jets, of course, and hopefully have found our footing since. But I, ex I expected to win the last two games. This game, I'm. It's like the Mega Powers colliding. It's like Hulk Hogan, Macho Man, Randy mm -hmm. Savage, and you don't know what's going to happen. Very well said, Kyle. How are you feeling? Yeah, I mean, I'm really excited. So obviously, it was a pretty disappointing week one. Um, week two obviously looked a lot better. Week three, we looked phenomenal. Obviously, the Dolphins are looking good. I mean, Dolphins fans are not the greatest fans to deal with out of everybody in the world when you're a Bills fan. So I want to win this really bad uh, based on previous history. I mean, Josh Allen, what, eight and two, 27 passing touchdowns, four rushing touchdowns, 106 QB rating four AFC offensive player of the week against the Dolphins, uh, seven and O at home against them. I feel like usually we go into this and they win. And like Mike said, I mean, neither of us have really played outstanding opponents. 
Um, obviously, Denver's been in a lull with the new defensive coordinator. So I do feel like it's going to be a big game. I feel like it's going to be lots of scores. It's going to be really exciting. But I am expecting to come away with the win, and I'm proud to say it. Can we just speak to that 70-point uh, burger hung up on Denver of all, of all teams? I mean, let, let me, let me, let's put some historical perspective, and that's what I like to do more than anybody else, I'd like to think. Uh, four, three other teams in the history of the NFL have scored 70 points in the game. The 1940 Bears in the championship game, the 1996, 1966 Redskins, I should say, and the 1950 Rams. Now, doing my homework, the 1950 Rams that year were the number one overall offense in points and touchdowns, but I never hear get, them get brought up as far as the greatest offenses of all time. Uh, the 66 Redskins were like top 10, but they weren't like, you know, world beaters. So, I mean, I, I look at it as more uh, the, the Broncos were just laying down for the Dolphins at one point, then the Dolphins were just, you know, hammering and hammering them. Did you see that uh, the one still shot where I think I was Tyreek's running through the defense and there's five or six guys like laying face down strewed across the field like it's the aftermath of a Braveheart battlefield or something like that? <laughs> it's just a massacre. So I don't know how much stock I put into 70 points when it's the – Broncos and it looks like they just look defeated the week prior of course uh I don't know I mean the Dol the Patriots have a pretty good defense and they held the Dolphins to 24 and we're uh last time I checked we're like at least number one or number two defense out there those yeah number two I think that you're making a great point there because the Dolphin the reality is the Dolphins offense is not going to score 70 points every game but they're not they're probably better than 24 they're right somewhere in the middle I think and that's 70 points in a game you have to have a team that's unmotivated at some level like yeah. like and NFL teams have, just yeah like I mean then I that's to, to your point about the the Broncos I mean obviously the talent level and everything but the Broncos like you said like <clears throat> at some point they were just like man we don't care like, can we get home, please? Like, this is and miserable. And you also and have to have a couple of, like, uh, and have to have a couple of uh, defensive touchdowns or a game flipping mm -hmm. turnovers. Uh, going back, going all the way back to 1940, there were at least three defensive touchdowns in that 73 uh, points that the Bears put up. So it's usually not all just offense. You have to flip the field a few times in order to reach 70. Yeah, usually. Yeah, it, it's. It speaks to what the the capability of this offense is, but I don't think it's indicative of what that we can like what we should expect Sunday because mm -hmm. I think that like you're saying that with the with the mega powers colliding and it's and it's irresistible force meets immovable object. It really is because if there's anything that can if there's one thing in football that can stop a high powered offense like this, it's a d dominant defensive line who can get in the quarterback's face, can push the pocket, especially from the interior. And so far what the bills have shown, not just through two weeks, but through three weeks is the ability to terrorize opposing quarterbacks. Now the caveat is Tua is mm. the best quarterback of the bunch by far. Mike McDaniel is the best offensive coach. I think of this bunch by far. And I am always terrified of Tyreek Hill, being on the field and that's not even to say without Jalen Waddle will be back this week too and De Devana Chan had you know two over 200 whatever his coming out party he had last week like the speed is there this is obviously their their toughest matchup but that defensive line can be all the difference in the world and I've spoken about how optimistic I was about this defensive line coming into the season because that's They've been trying to address it, like clearly. It just it hasn't worked. You know, Boogie Basham, the biggest reason why, but uh, or biggest example of how it hasn't worked initially. But this year it feels like it's all really coming together. 
this is still a defense that is having Von Miller return in a couple weeks. But I feel like that's the biggest difference in this game. If that D-line can push into Tua, it's a completely different story. And there hasn't been a team that's done that yet. I think the, the Patriots maybe have done the best job, though, like you were saying. Well, can we say that the improved defensive line might be due in part to uh, Sean McDermott's use of simulated pressure rather than having to dial up blitzes, as in sending four different four different four man uh, rushes each mm-hmm. time rather than sending an extra man and just trying to vary that up? Oh yeah, I, I think McDermott has done a great job with the the way the defense's aggression level has has looked different. I think the guys look like they're flying around. I think the pressure does look like it's coming from various different ways, different, like you're saying, different type of simulations and everything like that. Like, I've been impressed with McDermott. I, I, I really di- wasn't too worried, Kyle, as much as anybody else about McDermott taking over this defense. And I feel like now there's something to the fact where, like, Rousseau, I think a couple weeks ago, talking about how, like, this is the most I've talked to him, you know, like this, we get to communicate some more and everything else. And I feel like him having that, you know, direct contact and being able to coach these guys up directly is really helping them out. Yeah, it's a huge difference, you know, from before having a defensive and an offensive coordinator. And it's like, you're overseeing, but you're not physically in it all, you know, and that was like the problem with the 13 seconds, not to bring it up and stuff. It was just too many chiefs, not enough Indians. It was just too much chatter all over the place. So this definitely streamlined things. And it's been a dramatic difference in the defense. Like, I mean, I, I thought Leslie Frazier did a phenomenal job. For you sure. know, like we have the least points allowed, most points scored since 2020. So obviously he did his job. Everybody was doing their job. But this year it just looks different. Like we're not doing the pressure, but the schemes we're doing, we're getting to the quarterback. Everybody seems fired up and – how much of a difference does that make when the coach specifically talks to you and tells you what to do compared to hearing it like through the wire and stuff from somebody else? So, yeah, loving McDermott calling the defense so far this year. Definitely. Well, Mike, how have you felt about the Ken Dorsey experience on offense after the oh. first couple of weeks? Well, I mean, after the last couple of weeks of uh, just beating up on average defenses, I feel a little better, but I've got some questions here, like calling a <laughs> slam pass on fourth and long, or was it uh, fourth and no? It was the slam pass on fourth and a, and a foot, basically, yeah. Yeah. instead of just plunging, you know, like every other team is doing. And the NFL was even talking about outlawing this season, you know, the the tush push, as they say. Yeah, uh, <laughs> a wide receiver screen to digs on third and long, a handoff on second and ten, like. These are things you're not going to get away with when you're in a shootout with Tua Tunga Violova. Yeah. Um, the second and down handoffs were, I'm glad that Twitter was collectively upset about it because I was sitting there at first without oh. refreshing the feed, like, what the fuck is going on? Like, this is like my cousin's 10 year old playing Madden, just running the same three plays over and over again. What are we doing? I think I, men players could have better strategies than this, <laughs> crying out loud. The biggest thing that bothers me that he has done, and he's done it multiple times, is even on that screen to Diggs, it's on the short side of the field and everything's coming over to him. And I feel like he mm-hmm. does a lot of – I feel like he does a lot of things like wrong – like, I don't know. It's not, This is no per- – this is just like – it feels like his intention is always right, but he has not figured out the timing of when to do these things. Like, he is you not – usually- like, that's what he's still learning is like – getting in the rhythm, getting in the flow of like, maybe I should hold off on this and save it for another time. Or maybe I should use this one earlier. Like he's just, I feel like that's what he's still uh, adjusting to more than anything, you know? 
usually on a wide receiver screen, correct me if I'm wrong, you would usually have the quarterback pump fake to one side to get the defense, you know, taking a step the other way and then throw it to the other side where you have a couple of blockers in front and then the receiver can find a lane. I feel like the, uh, I, whether it's Allen just doing it or they're not scheming it up to say, hey, put a pump fake in there. He's just immediately throwing it out in the flat to whether it's a wide receiver or running back. And the defense is just keying on that because they're not being misdirected one way or another, which is something the Dolphins on their side love, love to do. I'd love to see us do a little bit of that. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, a lot of the offense that I would love to see a lot of the Dolphins offense that I would love to see the Bills incorporate because the Dolphins offense, that's what drives me, man. That's what makes me so mad about the Dolphins is because if they were any other team in the NFL, I would love them. And I think it's everything they're doing is beautiful. Mm -hmm. And I would want to watch every second of it. And I can't, I can't enjoy it. I can't do anything. It just, it's nothing's enjoyable about it to me. Um, I like Tua. I kind of I like Mike McDaniel. I don't like Tyreek. No, I mean no one should like Tyreek. But like the rest of this roster, I'm like there's guys on it. There's talent that I like. I liked Waddle in college too. It's really upsetting that this is the Miami Dolphins right now. Um, and I feel like that's just a personal like that's just like something that makes this this tension just built up because you know we thought like you look at the past right nine and one against the Dolphins like the past you know, however many years beating the Dolphins, all at least the one constant was like, man, at least the Bills, I think we could still beat the Dolphins this year. You know what I mean? Like, we're still going to go 2-0 and against the Dolphins, all these things. And now, like, for A, the spot to feel threatened after a couple years of dominating the division, but Kyle, also just the fact that it's, it is the Dolphins and they are coming up the way that they are coming up. I feel like that's built into or helped build up this week more than anything else. And even way more than last year, they had some obviously hyped up games last year. Yeah, I mean, I mean, speaking of Dorsey, not to go into it too much, but I definitely was thinking the exact same thing. I'm like, I could literally be, be playing a game of Madden football and call better plays than this. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, we're still winning, but like, what could we be doing if we had the creativity that we had when we had Dable or... What could we be doing if we had the creativity of McDaniel or, or Andy Reid or something? And it's like, you never see any of these creative plays. It's like, we don't, are we saving everything for in case we get to the playoffs again? I, I just don't understand why you never see like this play and you're like, wow, how did he think of that? It's everything's so very basic and it just seems like not coordinated good enough. So I'm, I'm surprised like that we're doing as good as we did, but like, I definitely, I'm watching the games and I'm cringing even though we're winning because I'm like, we could be doing double the amount of points at what we're doing and like just playing Allen for the first half and sitting them the rest of the game. So I, de I definitely want to see what, what Dorsey has up his sleeve for McDaniel this week. Does anybody know what we're doing with Dalton Kincaid at this point? I heard he was supposed to be the new uh, slot receiver that he, he's not this tight end guy that he's officially listed as, yeah. what was it? Two catches for three yards this last game. Yeah. He was more, he was more of a phantom than his tripping call that, you know, never existed. <laughs> I feel like that's more on Josh than it is anything else, too. I feel like Josh is throwing a lot of balls to Gabe Davis in uh, in more coverage than giving Kincaid a chance. And maybe it's just rhythm and just like getting into routine. But I, there is ways that Kincaid, Kincaid could be a huge help in this game because the Bills are going to have to be methodical. Like the Dolphins are going to try to take away. They're going to they're just going to dare Josh to take everything short and take all the profit and let him and let him make his own mistakes that the dolphins are going to bet on him to do that. And Kincaid 
could really help in this scenario. Maybe being home will help. I mean, it didn't help a couple of weeks ago, but obviously last week he was he was in in blocking a lot more than he has been too, which I did not expect yeah, him to use as much of a blocker that he's been used as. But I, I think I think it's a Josh thing because Josh also looks to Knox a lot more this year earlier in the earlier in the year than I thought. You know, like I was wondering how much usage Knox would get on routes and everything, and I feel like just you know I'm not I don't have any of his stats or targets right in front of me, but I feel like I'm just hearing his name even more than I thought it would be. So maybe it's something that'll develop over the year. I'm surprised. You know who I'm shocked about? Trent Sherfield. Like is just just where is Trent Sherfield? Is he on the Bills? Where is Sherfield? Is he like you want? It's it's hilarious. Talk about Madden. If you use Trent Sherfield on the Bills in Madden, he's like a tank, and then you watch him in real life, and it's just it's been it's crazy. That's why I wonder how much of it is Josh and how much of it is the scheme because the scheme in theory should spread the ball around, but we don't know what he's we don't know how much we can trust Dorsey either. So it's like, who do you, who do you trust more and who do you want to put the blame on? So I feel well, you, Mike, it's confusing. from what people are seeing on all 22s, the guys in the short throws and medium throws are open. Josh had previously, I guess, at least as far as the jets game is concerned, wasn't seeing them. and was trying to hit the home yeah. run balls a little too often. It's like, and a little of that is on Dorsey because he's ultimately sure. the offensive head coach and you can lead a horse to water, but you also have mm-hmm. to make it drink too. Uh, so, whatever bit Josh's bad tendencies are. And if they were coming back because Ken Dorsey isn't, you know, pulling on the reins, like maybe Brian Dable used to getting in Josh's face on the sideline. Uh, maybe he sh- needs to do a little bit more of that. Maybe not from the sidelines. Maybe he Dorsey prefers to be up uh, upstairs looking at a, an all 22 view of things. But ultimately, if even if Josh is making bad decisions out there, Dorsey has got to be the one to get him out of that because they can let go of Ken Dorsey. They're not letting go of Josh Allen. We're stuck with him <laughs> for better or for worse. Well, stuck with him. I mean, we're glad to be stuck with him. Okay. Yeah. But uh, he Dorsey ultimately has to be responsible for getting Josh to take the easy throws. He's got to turn. He's got to let Josh find his inner Joe Montana when he always trying to be his Dan Marino. And if you, if if you know your history, Dan Marino, after those first four years of just lighting up the NFL, setting rookie records and all-time passing records, the league figured him out. You make him throw short, you make him try to be a quarterback, and he didn't want to do that or he just wasn't good at it. And especially once he lost his two top receivers, the Marx brothers, then he was basically – he was still good, but he was more mortal. And uh, I think Josh has done better at that. He's just been inconsistent at uh, sticking to it. At sticking with it, yeah. Yeah, I mean, my theory on Kincaid is the blocking. For sure. So it was like last year, you know, two years ago, Knox had an unbelievable year. Last year, everybody thought that Knox fell off a lot. But the thing was that Knox was on like 20% more plays trying to block for the quarterback because our OL is so bad. Mm-hmm. So last week, what happened, we didn't allow any sacks. And I mean, I think he was only like pressured really bad one time. So it's like there's a big difference with the blocking this year. And I feel like that's why Knox is getting open because now Kincaid is helping to block a lot. So I've been wearing a Kincaid jersey every week. I'm waiting for him to score his first touchdown. I'm the most excited about him since I've been excited was Josh Allen. So, like, I think he's going to be a big difference maker, but I guess maybe it's just taking time and we're not really seeing as many, like, two tight end sets and formations as I thought thought we would. Yeah, I think that I think it's coming for our, for our young guy. I think it, I think it'll come in the future. So we've got we've set the stage here, guys. Um, we got let's as we wrap up here at the end of the show and everything else. What do we think is happening Sunday? I'm starting with you, Mike. Putting you on the spot first. 
I'll and then go to you, Kyle. Sunday, 12 o'clock, well, 12 o'clock my time and Kyle's time, one o'clock your time, Mike, and and in Buffalo. Um, it's going to be an electric atmosphere. Tyreek Hill had his comments uh, yesterday about not being phased by the yeah. atmosphere, saying it's the same thing. Tyreek Hill shouldn't, I mean, Tyreek Hill should not be phased by the Buffalo Bills and his experience in life. So well, I don't think I that mean, should take any account. Tua is the one who might be phased by it. I feel like that's mm-hmm. who it matters more than anything. But oh, yeah, say, Mike? Last time I checked, didn't we knock him out of at least two of the three games he's gotten injured in? It's true. We're, the, we're one of those, at least one of those Matt Milano, we're both Matt Milano. Um, I believe, well, I know at least last year was Matt Milano. Hmm. I don't remember if the other occasion was Matt too, but Matt Milano definitely is on Dolphins fans' minds. He is, they are scared of Matt Milano on Sunday, which I feel good about. Well, uh, from what I understand, uh, our history with Tyreek Hill has actually been pretty good in the regular season, regardless of uh, Chiefs or Dolphins. It's a couple of times he's burned us in the playoffs. That's really been the issue, but we've been held him to at least under 100 yards uh, every time we faced him in the regular season. Now, as far as the fans go, I mean, we tried to break the uh, Guinness World Record a few years ago and realized we didn't have the stadium to do it. Maybe in a couple of years, we'll see how that goes then and once we get our Totten Stadium built. But uh, <laughs> I, I doubt that we're going to be that much louder just because Tyreek is pushing our buttons. I mean, it's already Bill's Dolphins. It's already a, a heavyweight title fight, as you mentioned, in just in September. Uh, we're already going to be loud and you know angry and raucous as it is. We didn't need Tyreek to s- s- knock the horn's nest out or something like that. But uh, as far as the one I'm feeling for to uh, what's going to happen, oh, it's going to be a shootout. It- it's I mean our defense might contain them a little bit better than most other teams, but I mean Tyreek is ultimately going to get behind our safeties. I think a little bit better than uh, other teams we faced so far. Uh, our pass rush has been good. Uh, McDermott's dialing up, you know, simulated pressure, but here's some stats to think about. Tua Tungavalova leads the league in average time to throw 2.28 mm-hmm. seconds. He's also got 10.1 yards per attempt. That's like two more than the next guy who is a uh, Brock Purdy, I believe, uh, leading the league and a few other things. Um, the Dolphins total offense. Uh, let's see the gap between number one, and number two, is the same as the gap between number two and number 23. That's 134 yards, more yeah. yards that they have than the number two offense, I believe. Uh, so the, the Dolphins are no joke. No. I mean, we could have – I think our defense is going to ultimately be Ben, but don't break. And uh, A lot of hands up. Oh, yeah. If you hands can't get up. to him in two seconds, get your hands up. That's Groot, what I've been hearing. Groot's <laughs> tall ass. He's got to be waving <laughs> those arms everywhere, you know? <laughs> you grow his arms like the actual Groot is what he's going to exactly. have to do. Stop. Stick uh, it right through the ball, you know? That's what we need. <laughs> taking away to his first read, it, he seems to be, from what I understand, a first read quarterback. If we can do that, we can get maybe by a second or two more to get to the quarterback. Yeah. If we can do that, then maybe we can, you know – make him see ghosts and have some bad memories of uh bill's games of past <laughs> but uh i i mean and don't don't sleep on the uh miami running uh offense either i mean maybe it was just again the broncos acting like swiss cheese out there but uh i i ultimately i think it's going to be a shootout both teams are going to le- score at least in the 30s as far as who's going to win i guess the fact that we have a top Two defense, I'd give the edge to us, but only by like three points. Okay. 
Well, you're right on there with Vegas too at the moment. Mm. I think it's right at mine. It went up to minus three, started at minus two and a half. What about you, Kyle? How are you feeling? We are at 727 Eastern. You got so what we got? What any quick math? Any any of you guys good at math? Because I'm certainly not. I don't know how many hours away that is, but how are you feeling? I'm I'm thinking uh one good thing it's not snowing and we can't throw snowballs. So that's a first. <laughs> but I'm thinking it's not gonna be a crazy shootout, you know, like, like Mike was saying, and everybody's expecting, you know, the dolphins are so hot and the bills have such a potential for a crazy offense. I think it's going to be a defensive game. I think there's going to be some struggles on both sides. I think the running game will be important. I do think it's going to be like 28 bills to like 24 dolphins. And we're not going to win by like a landslide, but I think we're going to put the heat on Tua. I don't care about one or two games against random opponents over the past three years. Our defense has been phenomenal. Our offense has been phenomenal. We're in the top of the league. These are just the first two games, but the history we have is going to prove that we can beat the dolphins again. And so far we've dominated them over the past like four years. So I don't think it's anything different just because they had two big games all of a sudden I'm not like quaking in my boots thinking they're going to dominate us and they're going to throw for 500 yards, five touchdowns passing, five rushing touchdowns. That That's not even going to be close to what happens. Just like what Mike was saying with that still, I mean, it looked like an earthquake hitting Denver every play. All the guys were just laying on the ground. They said that was like the most tackles they've ever seen in like the history of the NFL. That like guys were just falling all over the place. I don't, I don't know what was going on, but that's not going to happen this week. Loving the addition of Leonard Floyd, loving McDermott calling the defense. As long as we lock some things together on offense, I, I, I think it's going to be a game changer. I'm sure all the announcers and everybody's going to be saying the Dolphins are going to crush us and stuff, but I think it's going to be very close. It's not going to be as many points as everybody thinks, but we're definitely going to come away with the big dub. All right. I, uh, I'm definitely – I think that this is the biggest thing about this game for both fan bases that they're both going to flip out about. Is this going to be a much more normal football game than the last couple weeks have been? Like, it's not mm-hmm. – like, the Dolphins were living in a fantasy land last Sunday and thinking – and, like, so they of course they were going to talk their shit, go crazy this week. But even the Bills, 37-3, to 3, any other week that a team doesn't score 70 points, that's the most dominant performance of a week. That's a and it should have been a shutout. Like really, if like it's almost you're almost at a shutout to the end of the game. That's as dominant as you can get to us on all phases of the ball. So both these teams are coming in at the tip of their powers. And I just uh what you were talking about, Mike, with Tua being a one-read guy and everything else, and what you were talking about, Kyle, with the Dolphins and the history of the last couple of years, like they have been extremely impressive. You can't take it away, and they could definitely come out of Sunday with a win. But they have not truly been knocked off of rhythm by a defense yet. I mean, that Patriots game a little bit, but they were still in rhythm most of that game, made a couple of mistakes. The Patriots held Tyreek really well, which you know Bilichek's going to do. He's going to just take away one thing and make sure you don't get to use it. And so when you – when you have to adjust to that, they made it work. They were still had some explosives and everything else, but I feel like the bills, this bills team can knock them off rhythm more than anybody else has done. And I don't know what, what McDaniel and Tua look like off rhythm yet this year and playing from behind is a different, is definitely a thing that they don't have a lot of experience with. How can they, if the bills get up to a 14, nothing lead, how do they play out of structure? How do they play when they can't just run their offense completely? I do think the run game, is a big key for the Dolphins because this Bills run defense, we talk about how elite the defense has been under McDermott. 
the one thing that's been tough is the run defense every year, especially some big performances. And with a guy coming in who just had 250 yards, he could do that to this Bills defense tomorrow and I would, or on Sunday. And I would not be surprised because we've seen Jonathan Taylor do it a couple of years ago. We've seen examples of guys have these big games. So I'm as scared as I am of two in the passing game. I feel like the run game needs to be a concern too. All that being said, Josh Allen has dominated the Miami Dolphins his whole career. And I think he's, also playing the best football of his career specifically last week just the patience the decisiveness everything else I feel like he's coming in in a great mindset and I'm just not picking against him at home in this situation so I think it's close game I have it like 35 to 34 30 33 31 like something like that I think it's in the 30s it might be first team to 30 maybe 31 28 but I think it's a high scoring game maybe some turnovers that are, are, are the big difference if there's one turnover that gets played in this game. But I think that the Dolphins are going to be able to play with them. But I think the Bills' defense and the defensive line knocking to an off rhythm uh, just gets it done. Just gets it done. There was something wrong with my TV last week when I saw Josh Allen slide. <laughs> experience and growth just on that one play watching him slide bro and when he slides because he's so big he slot like he goes he's going for like six seven yards it's kind of crazy going down, chest down on a sauce I, I wonder exactly who owes him money now but what he was saying post game man makes 258 dollars he's making 20 bucks on the side for every slide or something i guess they should have thought of that a while ago, man. Just just give Josh a couple bucks. He'll be good. Yeah, that's that's hilarious. That it's hilarious that he brought that up too. Hope I don't think he's gonna be sliding as much this week. I, I think he was saving, he's using the slides against Washington to use them up against Miami. Listen, it's gonna be a blast on Sunday. So uh stay locked here at Trainwreck Sports. We're gonna have all sorts of coverage leading up to the game, following the game, all bills season long. And uh Guys, I feel pretty good. You guys, you guys have instilled me with some confidence, some more things to think about, but I feel good going into Sunday. You know what the best part is, is we get to sit here and talk about the Bills and Dolphins being the marquee, the highlight of a Sunday afternoon slate. And that just feels that just feels good. I'm not gonna lie. I'm excited about it. Been waiting for it my whole life. So we paid the bills. It's time to go. Go Bills. Go Bills. <laughs>